We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Coming at you Friday night after the Wolves beat the Dallas Mavericks by 21. Final score, Wolves 116, Mavs 95. And the word after the game from Finch and the players who spoke was a lot about uh, the film session they had before practice on Thursday. Finch uh, described it as fiery and said, quote, this has been a really emotional week with the loss to Dallas on Monday, Phoenix on Wednesday, and then the opportunity to kind of channel those emotions back tonight against Dallas, get them back. He said they were very, very disappointed about the result in Dallas, specifically on Monday, and that they felt they gave one away against Phoenix on Wednesday. Cat said the same thing, too. He said the team's group message was going off this week specifically about, again, getting Dallas back tonight. Torian Prince said that film session was intense because they had to lock back in to what they were doing defensively. He was very complimentary of Cat specifically and the job he did against Luka in pick and roll coverage tonight. And as somebody who was not in that film session, me, um, I, I thought the coverage also was what really stood out to me tonight, Cat, as well. We we talked after that loss to Dallas on Monday about how the Wolves came out and exclusively were playing that drop coverage in the first half of the first Dallas game and how that just kind of allowed Luka to dictate as a playmaker in that game. We also talked about how they switched up the coverage to the high wall in the third quarter of that of that game and about how that kind of lined up with the Wolves making their comeback um, in, in the first matchup. So I, I think it makes sense that they came out tonight again in the high wall. And even though Luca did finish with 24, 10 and eight tonight, I did think the high wall did a good job of getting the ball out of Luca's hands. That way, you know, he can't dictate as that playmaker, his stat line might be better in this game than it was in Monday's game. But I felt, I felt the coverage change was huge because even if Luca wasn't score was scoring, he wasn't dictating in the same way he was on Monday. I mean, it got to the point where Luca Luca got sick of the Wolves' coverage. I mean, he got sick of dragging out the ha- the high wall all the way east west, and he actually started rejecting screens, you know, seemingly just so he wouldn't have to face that coverage and get the ball out of his hands. 
I mean, for the most part, Luca's damage tonight was done in isolation, just kind of when they were down, he started hitting some threes to try and bring them back in the game. But the damage was not done in the pick and roll. We know how important that is for the Wolves. That's kind of where the defense goes one way or the other. Is the pick and roll coverage on point that night or is it falling apart? And I mean, for, for a lot of the good pick and roll games of, of this season, you got to give credit to Cat. But I think particularly tonight, I thought he was excellent in coverage against Luca. And that job, man, just why? That job is not easy. He is, Cat is tasked with running all over the place. That coverage has him up in the high wall, beyond the three point line, sprinting back down to the block to recover to the big. It's hard work. I asked Cat after the game about sort of the physical toll that that coverage places on him and about, you know, why it was effective tonight. I, I, I really think for me, this was the, sc- the story of the game in this one. And in a tweak that they found in that film session on Thursday and a tweak that they effectively put into action tonight. Here's Cat. What is the difference physically for you if you're playing drop the whole game versus out at the level? I mean, today it seemed like you're running around constantly. Well, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, we did both. <laughs> so I was kind of going by the fly, um, you know, and, um, you know, they gave me a job, you know, the job was, they didn't say it was going to be easy, but I damn sure got to get it done. So um, high wall gives me a chance to really move my feet, cause pressure and, and make star players like Luca, you know, have to pass the ball. But um, also it puts me in a spot where I'm outside now with the guard and I got to run full speed back to the paint with a big man trying to make a decision. So uh, it falls on my hand to kind of make good guesses and good reads. And sometimes I get into the paint and actually got a chance to block a shot or I could kick the guard out, but sometimes it's, it's a lot. So um, I read the play, you know, maybe the guard is just going to have to deal with the big man there. And I could maybe catch the big man passing the ball to a guard who seemingly open, but I'm running right there. So close out or even get a steal. Um, the drop gives me a different, different look. You know, you got to start player like Luca coming down at you. You're playing cat and mouse trying to figure out if you could get, him to throw the ball out of his hands and um, make a decision that works in our favor. So, um, you know, obviously both are tough, both require a lot of energy, both require a lot of different uh, ideas, but I could do it. So I'm not what worried. About, what about when a couple of guys have done it, but Lucas seemed to just try and like yank it all the mm-hmm. way to the side. Yeah, he was, dra- he was dragging it out to try what to do, make do it. there. What, what's, does that change your job or you just got to go? Um, just stop him. It's as simple as that, you know. It, the whole point of the high wall is making go east west. So, um, it seems like he he wanted to do that. Yeah, I mean, what do you have? Eight assists, <laughs> you know. But we got the ball out of his hand. We won the game by twenty one. Just the same way they played box on one on me with Finney Smith today. You know, it, there's different ways to attack uh, people of of, impor- of importance. As Kat said there, they got the ball out of Luca's hands. That was the goal, as it should have been. And when the ball gets out of Luca's hands on the initial action, again, I keep saying this, but he can't dictate, and that's a win for the Wolves. Offensively for Cat, you know, it was a game where Dallas was again heavily loaded up on him, which led to only 10 shots on the night for Cat, which was six fewer than D'Lo and four fewer than Ant. Yet Cat, as he does, he was he was still the leading scorer tonight with 20. It was Though one of those games where it wasn't one of Ant, Cat, or Dilo, wasn't really one of anybody on the team. All five starters scored in double figures, and so did Torian Prince and Jordan McLaughlin. To that end, 
the win kind of reminded me of that Miami win from two weeks ago when they they won despite nobody scoring more than 16 points on the entire team. And I think it's interesting that style of winning doesn't seem to bother Finch at all. Like, I'm sure as a coach, it's great when Cat or Ant can can go for 40. But I think for Finch, the most important thing is that his offense just comes at you in waves. I don't think Finch minds if it's 14 points from Torian Prince and 16 points from Jordan McLaughlin. He just wants his offense to keep coming at you. He certainly he certainly sound pleased with the balanced performance after tonight's game. That balanced scoring and that really that depth helped you out. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, like uh, everybody kind of stepped up at the right time. You know, uh, Ant was really, really good when he came back in. We needed him. Um, you know, D'Lo made a couple shots early in the in the third just to kind of keep us like from slipping out of rhythm. And then, uh, you know, Cat was pretty steady when he was not on the bench. But, uh, yeah, no, I was really pleased. And obviously, J-Mac was like the start of the game with the energy and the hustle plays and the shooting and the pace and all that. So Finch brought up McLaughlin's play multiple times in his postgame presser tonight. It's very, very clear that he has an affinity for J-Mac and the way that McLaughlin plays. And, and tonight, that was certainly justified. McLaughlin's 16 points he scored were the second highest on the team, only behind Cat's 20. And for that reason, we're going to we're gonna make Jordan McLaughlin tonight's forgotten star of the game. 16 points for McLaughlin, five boards, three assists. And the Wolves outscored Dallas by 13 points in the 20 minutes that J-Mac was on the floor. And that's where, I mean, we've gotten used to this. This is That's where you see J-Mac impact the most games, just in the Wolves frequently winning the minutes when he's on the floor. You don't really need scoring from him. If you add scoring on top of that, you know, it's kind of all gravy. In the 25 games since February 1st, the Wolves are outscoring opponents by 14.4 points per 100 possessions when McLaughlin is on the floor. The only player on the whole roster with a better net rating in those 25 games is Malik Beasley. The crazy thing to me about how J-Mac is able to drive winning is that he does it without being individually an efficient scorer. McLaughlin's only made 23% of his three-point attempts this year and has only made 50% of his twos. But if you watch McLaughlin play, you know that's not his job. That's not the expectation from Finch of where he wants them to impact the game. His job is to put pace into the ball and make his teammates more effective. Really, it's like J-Mac is kind of Finch's muse in that way. He It strikes strikes me as the classic sort of relationship of coach and backup point guard where the coach almost has to like fight his desire and instinct of wanting to play that player all the time. Those two speak the same language. I asked J-Mac about his relationship with Finch after tonight's game. Coach Finch is frequently really complimentary of you after games. He said the star of, star of the game tonight, he seems to latch onto your style of mm-hmm. play. What is your relationship like with coach off the floor one-on-one communication wise? It was great. I mean, he's a player's coach. He wants to hear, you know, what guys have to say and what's going on with the team. And, uh, you know, when it, when your coach is able to talk to you like that and he has trust in you and all the players on the team, um, you know, it meshes well with everybody. He gives you confidence, gives you the ability to go out there and play free. You're not looking over your shoulder, wondering when you're coming out the game, you just go out there and play hard and everything else handle itself. A lot of times people say that this group has taken on the identity of of Patrick Mm. in a way. 
in what ways has it taken on the identity of Coach Finch? Coach Finch is a competitor. Um, you know, everything he does, he does it with a purpose. And uh, you can tell it, you know, when he's coaching. And uh, we trust in, in Coach and everything that he calls on the floor. And, uh, you know, when we're watching film off the court, uh, we trust and believe in him and everything. Again, 16 points from Jordan McLaughlin tonight, a season high for the Wolves' third-string point guard, who has really, he's really carved out a consistent and important role on this Wolves team this year. And because of that, he's tonight's Forgotten Star of the game. One final reminder that I will be at Forgotten Star Brewery on Sunday afternoon hosting a Wolves watch party. It's a 5 p.m. start time for that game. Love it if you came out to Forgotten Star and said what's up to myself. Britt Robson will be there. Uh, come early, get a spot. Say hi to Britt and I before the game starts. We'll be there before 4. Uh, Forgotten Star is located in Fridley. It's about 10, 15 minutes away from downtown Minneapolis. And I'm, I'm excited we're doing this. I think it just kind of feels like the perfect time to get people together. Seven games left in the season. And a season that I think has kind of exceeded all of our expectations. Feels like something that's worth gathering for. I think it'll be fun. And like this season, we should enjoy it. So, so yeah, Forgotten Star on Sunday, 5 p.m. start time. I'll be there at 4. All right, let's mix in a quick break here, and then we will be back with a few other tidbits from tonight's win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back discussing the Wolves' 21-point win over the Mavs on Friday night. Pretty much an end-to-end -end dominant performance from the Wolves. Uh, the one... 
I guess, unfortunate part of the game was that that dominance came with a cost. Malik Beasley appeared to hurt his hip in the first half. I don't yet know the significance of the injury. We'll wait for the the injury report before fully reacting to what uh, Beasley absence might look like. But I think it's worth here to reflect on what Beasley has been lately and to ask how they might have to compensate for his absence if if he is going to need to miss time. Again, using that those 25 games since February 1st now, Beasley not only leads the team in net rating in that time, but he's shooting 46% from three since February 1st on 178 three-point attempts. Again, he's been, even before February 1st, you go back, been one of the best high-volume three-point shooters in the league. I mean, statistically, the best high-volume three-point shooter in the league now for a few months. Malik obviously doesn't bring a ton uh, to the game outside of that shooting, but that shooting and spacing it, it provides has contributed in a massive way to the Wolves winning over these past two months. So the question is, right, like what are they going to do if Beasley has to miss time? And I think the, the first place our heads should go to is, is Jalen Noel. I know I've said pretty consistently this season that while Noel and Beasley functionally play the same position, they have very different styles of game, right? For one, Beasley's taken 73% of his shots this season from beyond the arc. Noel's almost the opposite of that. 66% of his shots this season have been from two-point range. I mean, it's just your classic spot-up two-guard versus your classic bucket-getter two-guard. Those are very different archetypes and kind of require some, you know, fudging to to fit into the group and I think we'll we'll get a look at what impact the Noel archetype will have on the group if Beasley does miss some time and Noel's minutes correspondingly spike what I will say is that as bad of a matchup as Boston and Toronto are just because they're playing so well right now they're kind of good matchups for Noel to get additional minutes in even even without a Beasley injury. I, I think you would have seen a lot of Noel in those two matchups. I mean, Finch has talked numerous times this year about how Noel's biggest value really shows up against teams that switch a lot. Those switch heavy teams are exploitable, exploitable for a player like Noel, whose sort of isolation skill set is is kind of built for attacking those switches. And Boston and Toronto are two of the switch heavier teams in the league right now. Outside of Noel, I'm not sure. I don't know really where else you go to replace Beasley's minutes. I don't think you dip into the Leandro Balmaro, Jake Lehman uh, end of the bench guys who are currently out of the rotation. I, I, I would be pretty shocked to see Lehman or Balmaro added to the group when they haven't been in it pretty much the entire season. I don't. Maybe we get some Josh Kogi for a little defense here and there, but for the most part, I'd assume it would just be kind of if Beasley's out, just cutting down the rotation by one body, which would mean more minutes for Noel and Prince and McLaughlin, just all kind of playing a little bit more so as to make up for those 25 minutes a night that Beasley plays. But really, like, it's it's not it's not going to be on Noel and Prince and McLaughlin to make up for Noel's production. You know, it's it's going to be on Cat, Ant, and D'Lo. And they are the ones that 
provide the offensive juice for this group and will need to provide even more if Malik Beasley's out. And the one player from that cat ant Delo group I have my eye on right now with or without Beasley is, is D'Angelo Russell. I mean, we're just kind of in the midst of an extended lull here from D'Lo. It's, it's March 25th and D'Lo hasn't scored 20 points in a game since March 1st. This month, he's only averaging 13.8 points per game on 29% shooting from deep and only 36% shooting from two-point range. Honestly, I'm, I'm not sure what is exactly going on here. It, it, it kind of just reminds me of the beginning of the season from D'Lo when he was just kind of struggling to find a consistent rhythm. I think we've learned with D'Lo, though, that we we shouldn't really expect the status quo to hold for good or for bad. His hot streaks and cold streaks they tend to turn on a dime and start drastically moving in the opposite direction. Beasley or not, I mean, they need old D'Lo back before the regular season comes to a close here. I mean, this roster and this offense was built with D'Angelo Russell health heavily on the mind. He unlocks the offense and simultaneously can stall it out when he's not on. Personally, for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on this status quo sticking around for D'Lo. I, mean, I think D'Lo, like Cat, came into this season with something to prove, and this is the time of year where you prove something. To that end, I'm I'm expecting D'Lo to to take that challenge. The playoffs are here. You know, it's it's time to leave the mark that you've that you've wanted to leave. All right, let's wrap this one up with prize picks. I made five picks tonight. Went one and four on them. I think I just took Monday's game a little too much into consideration when making these picks. Obviously, Dwight Powell didn't miss a shot against the Wolves on Monday, scoring 22 points and grabbing eight rebounds. So tonight, I took the over on 10.5 points for Powell and the over on 5.5 rebounds. Powell did score 13, so we got the over there, but he only had five rebounds on the night. So one and one on Powell. But I also took the over on 13.5 points for Spencer Dinwiddie who had 20 on Monday, but tonight Dinwiddie was held to just 11 points. So missed that one too. Similarly, I took the over on 23 and a half points, rebounds and some assists combined for Jalen Brunson. But Brunson was quiet too, finished with just 11 points, six boards and one assist. The, the one Wolves pick I made was the over on seven and a half rebounds for Jared Vanderbilt. I thought after grabbing 12 boards against Phoenix on Wednesday, Vando, um, Looked like himself in that one. I, I thought he looked like himself in this one, too, but it was just six boards tonight. Um, he did, again, more importantly, look like his physical active self. These past few from Vando, I think, suggest he's broken through some of his own status quo and got got back to being his his old self, which maybe just means he's he's back healthy. By the way, that's one and four on the night. Brings me to 154, 143, and 10 on the season. Still over 500, but only barely. If you have been considering creating a daily fantasy basketball account, now's a great time to get started. March Madness going on, playoffs right around the corner. Prize Picks has player props set on every player for every game, and they will throw you a $100 sign-up bonus if you create an account using the promo code DANE. It's promo code DANE at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app. All right, standings update time. Uh, well, the Wolves won tonight. The Mavs lost. Uh, so that shrinks the gap between Dallas for the five seed down to two and a half games. 
with seven games to go for the Wolves and eight to go for the Mavs. That gap might be a long shot to overcome just with how little of the season is left. But the win tonight is certainly not uh, insignificant in the pursuit of that sixth seed. Denver did not play on Friday night, so the Wolves made up a half game on them and now just trailed the Nuggets by a half game. Wolves are 43-32. and Nuggets are 43 and 31. Uh, Denver's next few games are home against OKC on Saturday, then at Charlotte on Monday, and at Indiana on Wednesday before the Wolves head to Denver on Friday. For the Wolves, their schedule is at Boston on Sunday, then at Toronto on Wednesday before heading to Denver for that Friday game. I mean, Wolves schedule is, uh, is definitely harder, but I think either way, we are trending towards that game in Denver on April 1st being a, probably a pretty epic game. Uh, first things first, though, it's Boston on Sunday night, and hopefully there I will see uh, many of you at Forgotten Star Brewery. Again, that's a 5 p.m. tip-off. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.